Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Welcome everyone to today's episode where I'm always so excited to be here with you and bring you my next amazing guest because I am here, as you know, to help you get your book done and not just get it done, not just write it, but see it published, see it, you know, marketed and promoted out there in the world and impacting people's lives. And you know, there's a lot of people that I run across who have written books that I've helped. There's a lot of people that I've run across that I've shared with you who I have not helped write their books. And today's guest, my friend actually right here in my hometown of York, Pennsylvania, Dr. Angela Merrick is one of those amazing people who like just figured it out on her own without my help or a lot of other people's help. And the thing that I love about Angela and why I'm so excited, I'm just going to call her Ange because that's what I call her when I see her for breakfast, is that not only she's a business owner, right? She had owned a chiropractic company for a number of years. She sold her practice to her successor. You know, she's a Cornell graduate. She received her chiropractic degree in 2003 from Palmer College. She's the author of this book called Beauty and the Brokenness, One Woman's Voice, that she currently, well, I'm sure she'll talk about this, but she stepped away from this incredible business she built and she now serves the world as an empowerment coach for women who want to make an impact with their lives. And she draws on all of that background, including the journey that led her into writing her book, to doing what she's doing today and empowering women. And she's just a true light in the world. And I'm so excited you're here, Ange. So welcome. Thank you. Oh, that was quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, how do you introduce someone who you've known for like 14 years, who you met in the playground and have just come to really you know, love and value as a friend and admire for who they are, you know, the work they've done, the work they're doing, the impact they're having. It's like, there's so much I could say, but if I just introduced you really appropriately, like we'd be through our 30 minutes. So I'm just going to cut it there and ask you a question that I love asking my guests to get the conversation started is how long, like when did this yearning and this desire to write a book first begin for you? Well, I always say like, I never wanted to write a book, right? We hear that so often when people are interviewed, right? Like I never thought I would ever do the thing. <laughs> yeah. So, which I think is just telling the universe, like it's going to happen, right? <laughs> At some point <laughs> in your much. life, pretty much. So I remember in college thinking like, gosh, I hate writing papers. Like anything that took more than like two pages I had to write, I was like, this is miserable. Give me a problem set or a test any day. But through my life journey, which I'll, I'll share in a little bit, I really discovered that I actually had something that I felt was worth telling. And I never felt that way before because my life went on a totally different trajectory. And because of that, I decided, and it probably was, I would say probably six months. It was less than a year that I decided to write a book. And to I, the time it was actually done. No, good Lord. Oh, okay. No, to the time that I actually initiated the process. Got it. I think the rough draft took me like really rough, probably two or three months. 
but it was probably a full year after that, like going through the editing process and all, all the things until it was finally like in my hands. So yeah, it was definitely a process, but it was something that, you know, just like so many things in life, right? Things happen and you just figure it out or you don't. Yeah. Surprise. Life happened. Right. Oh God, what do I do now? We've both had right. our fair share of those over the years. We've known each other. Yes, we have. And here in different we are. ways, but here we are. <laughs> exactly. So to answer your question, I think it was like six to nine months thinking about it. Like I said before that, I didn't think I had anything that was interesting enough to talk about, mm. which is interesting. I really thought of my life and, and I've shared this kind of in the space that I thought it was a vanilla life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just my life was on this trajectory where like, you know, healthy children, good marriage, house, the business, all the things. And I remember having a thought in my head, like, yeah, life seems pretty easy. <laughs> and I should have like struck that through my brain because shortly after was when it started to take a detour. So would you talk then, because I feel like this is leading into the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is then, and you know, I know why you decided to write a book, but our listeners, most of them probably don't know you yet, although I'm sure they're grateful that they're getting to know you now. But why did you decide to finally write that book and, you know, sort of put it out there, something of value <laughs> forward and feel like you had something of value to share, which is huge for any author. Like you really have to feel like, oh, I've got something to share. That's usually what drives it. So I'm not surprised to hear that from you too. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting too. And like when I got in the world and talked to people, like everybody has a story. Yes. And so, so often we minimize it or we discount it or, you know, I really, I kind of thought about that earlier today before this, this getting on the call with you is like, oh my gosh, what if our stories is one of our superpowers? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. So, so my story as I was going through life, you know, had this business, had these two boys and my husband, Josh, was, you know, had a good job. We were financially in a very secure place. Like it, it was like the American dream and for what, you know, totally being played out. And then my husband, Josh had a, um, had belly pain and he was like my Superman. Like he never, never would complain about things. And it kept going on and he felt this lump in his belly and I took him to the hospital and they didn't know what was going on. They weren't sure if he had some sort of infection or all the things. And it took them a week and a half to discover that he had a very, very aggressive metastatic cancer. And the prognosis was four months. And my brain was like, no, this isn't part of the plan. This happens to other people, not my Superman to get cancer. Like what? Hmm. And so my default was, well, I'm just going to focus on him living. And that's just what we do. And so he continued on the journey, found a faith in something bigger than himself, which was such an incredible thing. And he, with the prognosis of four months, he carried on and for 10 and a half months he lived. And we went to Spain, we did family traveling as much as we could and really just truly lived. And I watched my husband that I had been with for 20 years accept what was happening, live with whatever he was given, and just model this incredible grace that I didn't know was humanly possible in having that type of disease. And after that, you know, becoming a widow at 39, and this was May 11th, 2016. With two young boys. With two young boys. They were eight and 11. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, like what? Like, this isn't a club I signed up for, right? <laughs> that vanilla life I thought about. And now I'm like, I'm a widow. And the man that I've been with since I was 19 is, is no longer here. And it continued on. And then three months later, I was introduced to another man who would later become my husband, which if, you can, if you're doing the math here, like three months, right? That's not a lot of time. And you can imagine the mindset stress <laughs> that went, or the mind stress drama that I went through managing grief of my first you know, beloved husband and then meeting another man and dealing with grief and parenting and all this stuff. And then, oh, by the way, let's write a book among all this. So my book really goes through from when Josh first got sick until I meet the man, the man who later became my husband, Paul. So it was quite a, quite a journey. <laughs> yes. And it's almost like, it's interesting because the question is, you know, that I asked was like, why did you decide to write a book? And it, it almost doesn't even feel like, and I know this is true for some of you listening, it almost doesn't even feel like it was a decision you made. Yeah. As I hear you speak and, um, you know, I just had goosebumps all over my body as you were sharing the story. I always get them when you speak about it because it's so powerful, just that whole journey, which is, you know, what the book is about. But oftentimes the decision is made yeah. in another place, in another realm, and it's kind of made for you. And it's just a matter of stepping in. But some people like you... I feel like their book writing journey is not necessarily something they chose. It's something that chose them. Would you agree? Yes, a hundred percent. I certainly didn't, you know, set out like this is what I was going to do, but it's, it's kind of, it's interesting when we kind of align with what's happening. Right. I realized like, well, of course I'm going to write a book. Like, it, like you said, yeah, the decision was already made. It's like, I, it was already decided. It was just a matter of me doing it and taking the action. And, and especially since it was my story, it was something that allowed me to really reflect because my intention of this, the book was to really try to be as real and authentic with the journey because I didn't know any other 39-year-old widows that were also dating with two children and a business and everything. And I wanted to kind of just expose it because I thought grief was supposed to look a certain way and my grief showed up so different. Mm. And I thought there was something wrong with me. And I wanted to help people just have another perspective as they, as they go through grief, whether it's the loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of the life they thought they were going on, and just give them another perspective in a space of hope. And, and I discovered myself through this process. And, you know, when you meet somebody at 19, you're a very different person than you are at 39. And I'm sure that continues. And it helped me realize like, who am I if I'm no longer Josh's wife? Mm. So that discovery process was just fascinating. And just to be able to share that from as much authenticity as I could be aware of. <laughs> now I'm like, gosh, I would totally write it slightly different now. So what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through this experience, you know, in like being willing to step forward and get vulnerable on the page and risk even some people in your own life, you know, having things to say about our, you know, are you sure you want to put that in and all of that. So what are some of the lessons that you've really learned in this journey that you'd like to pass on to our audience here? I think, you know, one of the less, one of the many lessons was one, it was healing to put it all out on paper. And the more I felt it, the more I wanted to just 
put it out there. The biggest struggle I had, and I, I kind of joke that I've been a recovering people pleaser and approval seeker, was putting the things out there that were hard that might have involved other people. And there's a couple of instances with a specific person that I love dearly that I shared the rough draft and, and there was a huge freak out on this person because this person thought that, that the way she was portrayed was not in the best of light, even though that wasn't my intention. Mm. So I had to struggle with trying to manage that while still being true to my story. And you know, my intention of the story was not to be like, these people suck, you know, and da, da, da. It was more of like, yeah, so this was my perspective. I know everything, you know, try to trust that it was from a good place, but here's how I interpret it. And this is why I struggled. Because I think to say, oh yeah, so my husband died and I figured it out and I'm okay is like total bullshit. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Like it sucked a lot in different spaces. And I wanted to own that versus try to make it sound all pretty, which I think is just, it's not the whole truth. Yeah. And you did that really powerfully on the page. I mean, even if you don't know Ange, I think it's the kind of book that you need a box of tissues next to you as you're writing, (laughs) as as you're reading. Yeah. So I am curious because a lot of people, it takes a lot of courage to actually write it. And as you did, right, you had to put those things on the page and then risk sharing them. Like, I mean, I did that once. Well, I waited until the book was actually published and then shared it. (laughs) And, you know, had someone just completely freak out. Yeah. But then like would never talk with me about the thing that I had said that was absolutely true for me. You know, didn't shine them in a bad light, shined, you know, very much the truth of who they are, but how one experience kind of you know, had impact on me. And it was from my perspective, but it did not float well with them at all. So there are all these kind of places in the writing journey where we have opportunities to have feedback that isn't necessarily uh, like, you know, the cheerleader going, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Because that's, of course, the feedback that we authors love to hear. It's like, wow, amazing book, so well written, really impacted me. But it isn't always, you know, it isn't always that way. So I know you had, you know, some challenging feedback in terms of your book. So like, how did you, how did you navigate those challenges, whether through the writing process or, you know, after the fact with, you know, people being like, cause some people I would imagine were probably maybe not on board with the fact that you were falling in love three months after your husband of all those years and the father of your children died. So you, you know, like, how did you deal with that? Because I think a lot, especially here, get your book done. This is about helping you write that transformational book. And if you're writing a transformational book, you're putting transformational stuff in it, which usually does involve some level of vulnerability and some level of exposure. So how did you navigate? So I, <laughs> I think the one space where I shared and got feedback that essentially I was told, like, just get rid of these, this part, which instantly felt like I took it on as like an attack or like all of a sudden my, my book title is called One Woman's Voice, right? All of a sudden I felt like my voice was being told to be silenced and I resented it. I was like, no, I'm not going back to that version of myself where I'm trying to always seek approval and people please. So my growth edge in that space was to lovingly talk to this person and say, hey, I get it. That was not my intention. I'm just trying to share truth so that it can be authentic. 
but we compromised and and had it reworked a little bit to help I hate to say soften the blow a little bit um, but but to at least keep it in because I'm like I'm not backing down from keeping this in the book because I think it's yes. really important. I'm still, like every part of my inner cheerleader is like go and go yeah. and yeah, go which is a huge and every one of you has been willing to do that as well. I'm cheering you on too. Yeah, right. It's so scary, right? And so you know, honor the the people out there that are you know willing to to put that put yourself out there and the bravery that it takes, the courage that it takes to say no. This is, this is my story. And I had a lot of judgment. And I, and I, I tell, I tell people this too, that I, I just had this sense, like, you know, Josh had cancer for 10 and a half months. Like we got to that place. I, I accepted what was happening, loved him through it and love him so much, you know, today and always. And, but the part that was the hardest part was the year after he passed. And this is something I didn't get. In, this is where I feel like the next book is going to happen. <laughs> We're talking about the anxiety that came up for the the following year or two um, when I was worried about what people are thinking about me dating so quickly, my children, just the approval seeking and having even a friend. And this is, again, this was, it, it wasn't covered in the book because I didn't go, this was kind of like the, be the sequel. But, you know, I had somebody very, that I loved dearly was like, yeah, I'm not happy for you when I told her I was going to get married again and, you know, to my face. And it's like, oh, okay, so how do we manage that? Right. And I realized too, that so often people I like to think have good intentions or sometimes are struggling with their own stuff that they don't know how to, they're just, they're projecting from their place. Right. And from learning all that I've learned through this journey and as a coach, it's like, yeah, people are just where they are, right? We just love and accept them as human beings that are perfectly imperfect, just like me. <laughs> and, and go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, and that's okay. I mean, mean not okay that, you know, you want to have your boundaries, but recognizing like, yeah, so that's what was going on. And I was able to really work hard on my mindset to release the attachment of needing their approval. Mm. And I just can't help but think of everyone who's listening, who is going to, you know, come upon those points in time and get some of that negative feedback. And you kind of touched on something that I just want to put an exclamation mark on is one of the things you have to understand about any negative feedback that you do get it is filtered through where that person is in their own life. Like chances are your friend might have had a dream or something that she you know, wanted, but maybe didn't go for or didn't feel like she deserved and maybe had an experience where you know, she didn't get what she wanted and just could like literally could not, I'm not saying this is true, I don't know who it is, um, you know, but just could not be happy for you because you may have just been a reminder of her for what she maybe wanted, but didn't get like, you know, not that he even wanted that right away. But I think even Josh, before he passed, said like, someone's coming fast for my wife. So just yeah. be ready for it, everyone. He told everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like for the person who, you know, is listening right now, who might, you know, trigger people through what they have written. Any other wisdom, advice, 
inspiration you can offer them to just deal with other people's triggers when they come up and they look like, you know, negative feedback for yeah. you? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think it really is. If somebody gets triggered, I'm going to say that's awesome. And the reason being is because you are standing in your truth. Yes. And willing to say it. And, you know, I, I had a client once, she's, she had a, uh, she had, she got a, a negative email, if you will. I'm like, that's awesome. You have a hater because it means that you're standing for something. And of course, some people are not going to be ready for it or on board with it because of their own, as you say, kind of like their own lens, their own filter that they are processing life through. And that's okay. And maybe that can be the seed that needs to be planted in their life for them to do growth and move forward in the world. Mm, brilliant. I hope you're all getting the depth and the power of what Anne's just said. That if you trigger someone with what you write in your book, celebrate it because it means you took a stand. And you talked earlier, Ange, about, you know, kind of having this vanilla life. Um, when I coach people in my Get Your Book Done program, which if you haven't hopped onto yet, just go to getyourbookdone.com to learn more about how I can help you get your book done. Again, that's getyourbookdone.com. But in there, and one of the lessons I talk about, like, don't write a vanilla book. Because if you're going to write a good book and a book that's going to have impact, you will not. And if you're writing this down, write down, will not, please. You will not please everyone. And you have to be willing, as Ange was, to write the book for the ones that she really wants to reach who she can impact and be willing to perhaps piss off others. Like You have to be willing to do that or you're going to end up with a vanilla book. And guess who reads vanilla books? No one. Nobody. Exactly. Because you're not speaking to anybody. And I think that's a beautiful statement because it's so true because, it, you know, and I read this in book, I love reading, but like when we try to please everyone, we please no one, right? And, and least of all ourselves. Right. And think about the books that are the most inspiring. They're always controversial, right? They always push the edge of our consciousness or our awareness or what we can bring about. And it's so interesting. I had a, a client that was working on her book and she, she was like, I want to get it done, you know, right away. And this, you know, she was working with somebody else, but we we're talking about it. And what was so interesting is that her book process didn't start till six months later because who she was initially was she was going to write a book that she thought she should write versus the book that was her truth. Mm. I, we think we need to write a book that's going to be like for the people, like for, to help others, right? Like, I think that's the kiss of death versus I'm going to write a book that is going to, you know, challenge and inspire, you know, and all these different things. But when it's like, it sh you should help other people. It's just like, ugh, it falls flat. And here's the thing. Like I wrote a book back in 2008 called The Freedom Formula. I'm not sure. If maybe you, you, I think you've maybe read it. Maybe the recent edition. I'm not sure. But anyway, like I wrote that book and it was a book that it's a good book. I mean, it's a fabulous book. Yeah. It was kind of right book, wrong time. I didn't write it because I was qualified to write it. I wrote it because I kind of thought I should write it because that was a book that other people told me would help me grow my business. So I wrote the book that I, you know, kind of thought that I should write based on what I was seeing in the industry at the time and what my mentor and coaches were telling me and all of this stuff. And oh my God, and you know the disaster it ended in. Bankruptcy, foreclosure, losing everything because I wrote a book and built a business that was not my full truth. It was not lies, but it was not the totality and the full truth of who I am and what I'm here to do. And I, 
I even knew it. And when I asked my coach, my coach was like, oh, you're just scared because all your dreams are coming true. And I wasn't who I am today. And I listened and I built this thing that just, you know, was something that I didn't even want because it wasn't based on truth. So I'm just going to underline <laughs> what yeah. you were just talking well, about there. I love what you said too, because it's really that whole, that whole should, right? <laughs> yeah. It's right. We should all over ourselves and we totally water down and miss, I don't say misrepresent, but then it's like, we miss like this huge nugget of growth and transformation availability when we try to gloss over or diminish or downsize, you know, whatever. And that's what, you know, I said, like our stories are our superpowers. Like look, one of our superpowers, look at what, look at your story and what you've created. Christine is just, it's just, it's so inspiring. And the vulnerability that you are about talking about your bankruptcy and like, oh my gosh, you're a human being. And wow, so am I. That's, I can, I can connect on that level that I'm an imperfect human too. This is great, right? We're all, we're all going through this journey and it's okay. And I think that like recognize, like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> going to screw up. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Because the people, and there's some of you listening right now who think that it has to be perfect out of the gate, who don't give yourself space for screwing up and learning, you know, how to navigate just a deeper level of self-love and acceptance and moving forward despite the screw up. And some of you don't write your books. I'm sorry, I'm just going to be really honest here for a moment because yeah. I want to help you write your book. But some of you aren't writing those books that you feel like you're here to write because you're just completely in a fit about getting it perfect rather than doing what Anne's just said is like, okay, so, you know, like we're imperfect. We're all imperfect. No one is perfect. I don't care. You like your favorite book you've ever read in your entire life. I think, and what was one of yours that you, which one shared? Oh. Uh, You're a badass. Like yeah, I know yeah. that's one of your favorite books. But even your favorite author, right? In your case, Jen Sincero, like your favorite author isn't perfect either. They're human too. But that's a wonderful thing. That's a good news. Yes, that is the good news. <laughs> that is good news, right? You're like, oh, so they're normal people too. And, and with that, utilizing that to create what they want in their life, right? Really working through the hard stuff to create something that they really want, right? And I think that's like, you know, I think about writing this book. It was, I never had the intention to do it. And then I just decided and I just, my, my, my coach at the time was like, Hey, let's, you know, make sure you get this done by, you know, your wedding, the, the, the rough draft so that, you know, cause your mindset is probably going to shift once you're remarried. You're not going to want to think maybe the same space. And so I really got to work and I cut back in my business, my chiropractic business from three days to two days. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get intentional and create this time and space to really reflect and go within. And what was such a huge gift was that my fiance, who's now my husband at the time was in the house, repainting the house that I shared with Josh. And I remember I would write the hard stuff and the tears would come and I'm going to get teary. I was talking about, but he would put down his paintbrush and he would just let me cry all over him while I would work through my grief with Josh. And I can't tell you enough how I feel like Paul has just been this incredible gift that I've been given to to um, journey through. And if I had said no, if I said, no, I'm not ready or no, it's not the right time. You don't, you're not like Josh and I can't accept this. I would never have experienced that incredible acceptance and love. Mm. 
No, I'm teary too. And probably <laughs> some of our listeners are teary as well. So um, for those of you listening who are piecing it all together, Ange wrote her book as a fairly recent widow, single mother of two children, business owner in practice as a chiropractor seeing patients, working through her own grief of losing her husband and the amazing father to her two boys. I mean, Josh was an incredible, um, incredible man. And, you know, falling in love far before she ever thought that she would rediscover love again in that capacity and planning a wedding through the grief and through the joy of new love. And I hope as I just bullet list all of those things that Ange had going on while she also wrote her book. I hope that if you're the one right now who needs to hear that you really can't let your excuses stop you. Like I feel like there's some people listening right now very specifically who are going to look at what they have let stop them and just reconsider if you're going to let that stop you after hearing what Ange had going on, and still she did it. I want to interject real quick. And I also want to, if people are like, oh, I don't want to, I have all these things going on, right? Like you said, the excuses. But the other thing is, I don't want you to hear that list of all the things. Oh, look what I did. And I still wrote a book in spite of all those things and feel shame about it. Absolutely. Oh, just know that it's possible wherever you are. You just have to decide and then take action. And that decision is everything. Because once you make that decision, you, you know, if you are in any sort of shame cycle, because some of you like, because I hear from you, you've wanted to write a book for years, some of you decades. Um, I once, you know, helped a woman write a book that she had stuck inside of her for over 60 years. Yes, she was in her 80s at the time, but you know, she wrote it. So the moment you decide, as Ange said, is the moment everything changes. So you can step forward into what's possible through the inspiration that Ange offered today, not through the comparison and you know any reason to judge yourself, but through the inspiration of what's possible. So thank you for bringing that home, Ange. Yeah. So as we kind of slide into wrap up, I just want to let people know that if they want to hear more from you, go to the show notes where you'll see a link to Ange's podcast, Hope in the Darkness, if you want more dose of inspiration from Ange as you proceed on this journey. But again, that link is over in the show notes. But aside from that, I just want to ask you, what for you feels like the most important thing? Or is there any other piece of wisdom for these authors who are human beings, you know, journeying through life, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the creation of a book or the, you know, promotion of a book if it's already done? Um, what's like the biggest thing you want them to walk away with from our conversation today? I think to, in that space, when, like I said, your, your story is one of your superpowers. And I think the best way to connect with that is to go within. Don't look outside for, oh, that person's doing this or, oh, I should do this. Go within and ask yourself, allow, get out of the way, get your head out of the way and allow that book to be birthed. And if you're struggling, then work with Christine and figure it out. 
I'm thinking my next book, I'm going to need to do that. <laughs> well, the whole first few modules of my Get Your Book Done program are all questions that invite you to go inside and find your own answers. And they rock people's world because you're, you're forced to get to the foundation of who you are, what you're here for, the message that you're here to share, how you want it to transform lives, beginning with your own. I personally don't believe that you can write your best book if you don't do that deep dive first. So again, that's all over at getyourbookdone.com if you're curious to learn more. But Love it. Oh, and thank you, oh, thank you so Christine. much for taking the time today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your inspiration your story, of course, which is so powerful. And I, you know, I trust that many of you authors today are walking away exactly feeling how we hoped you would when we started this conversation. It's like, well, how do you want the, you know, what's the, what's the goal here? I said, I want them to feel inspired to go do it to whatever that next it is for them and their book and their message. I want them to feel inspired to go do it. And thank you, Ange, for delivering. This was awesome. My pleasure. Oh, and my honor. Thank you. Fabulous. And thank you all for being here. I can't wait to talk with you on our next episode. In the meantime, happy writing. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.